God, he's so cool. Like I've, I legitimately, out of everybody we've met in the industry, I feel like I can text him and ask him any single question. Yeah. He'll respond in he, 10 minutes. He's super chill, but I knew that from the second that we talked to him in like, the green room, in the green room. Yeah. we were sitting down because we had such a great conversation with him in the green room that we were like, this guy's we were, well, no, we were like, fuck, we should have recorded this. <laughs> yeah, that dude. we're like, this was so just insightful into the industry. It was, it was well, awesome talking to him. It, I mean, it also speaks to the kind of person he is where we did absolutely fuck up his artist interview. Yeah, he takes the time out of his day to come and chat with us. What is up, humans? On today's episode of Windy City Joes, we had a one-of-a-kind, very special guest. His name is Corey Miller. He is the tour manager and fangirl of the one and only Matt Stell. He is one of three for Midtown Motion, which you can find on Instagram at Midtown Motion, which specializes in content that doesn't suck, and he is an avid McDonald's fan, as are we. Uh, it was great talking to him and catching up with him. He's one of the nicest humans I've ever met. Uh, and hope you guys enjoy the episode. Uh, yeah, enjoy the episode. He was a great guy. Great to talk to. Uh, great to talk to again. The first time we talked to him, we weren't able to record the episode. Yeah, um, we, we get into that. But yeah, yeah you'll see. That's, that's rough. Okay, so... A little backstory on how we met Mr. Corey Miller. Matt Stell was performing at Joe's on Weed Street, um, and we got the great opportunity to interview Matt, um, and he was awesome. And I can see, I bet, like, we'll we'll get into this, but I bet it's so fun just working with him and, like, touring with him uh, and all that anyways. Uh, but we had the great honor to interview Matt, and it went awesome. We... Love talking to him. We asked, crushed it, uh, crushed it, boys, crushed it. Well, okay. Well, let's. No, it let's was it was bit. such a good interview. Such a okay. good interview. We that was the first time we interviewed in the green room, and there was abs like we don't know still really what happened, but there was no art audio that came from that interview. So when we go back to edit it, there's no audio and it's only visual. And I'm being a hundred percent honest with you. I was sick to my stomach. And I know Jackson was too, because A, it was such a fun conversation. B, you were like, just so you're such like, you're just such a cool guy. Like before we even, cause we got the chat before we interviewed Matt and then we interviewed Matt and we're like, damn, he's awesome as well. And we completely just fucked up the interview. So I'm going to actually give you the floor. You can yell at us. You can call us dumbasses. No, you no, can do no, all that and, you no, know. I, I, I won't be doing that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we played up there at uh, good old Joe's on weed. And uh, I guess probably a couple weeks before, I got an email from you boys. And um, I'm like, yeah, dude, Matt, you want to do this podcast? Like, these guys seem like nice guys. And he's like, yeah, sure. And um, so either way, set, uh, set the tee up, hole number one. And uh, I guess it went uh, down the middle, but uh, didn't make it to the pin, damn it. So... Hey, you guys, you guys crushed it, by the way. That was such a good interview. Me and Matt, we were walking back to the bus from that, and we look at each other like, damn, dude, such nice guys. Like, can't wait to see that. Like, that's a good look for you, Matt. Like, hell yeah. And he's like, dude, that felt really good. Yeah. Hey, by the way, by the way, I have I got that email and I never told anybody about it. I'm like, ah, gosh. You like A, like me sending that, I was just like, uh, A, I was obviously dude. pissed that 
myself in the situation, but I was like, Corey's going to get this email and probably put his fist through the computer. <laughs> and then we're never oh. going to hear from him and Matt again. It's always, it's always tough. Cause like you stick, when I get those emails, like you kind of put a foot out and a handout and like, you know, I, I hit up management and it's like, Hey, are we good to do this? Like, I feel good about this. I got time in the day, you know, and Matt's, Matt's days are so compact. And so to fit an hour in the day, you kind of like, stretch a hand and was like, Hey, I think we should do this. And for it not to turn out that didn't make your boy look too good. But, um, Hey, we, we drank some beers during it and look where we are now. Forget Matt. You, you, got, you got Corey Miller. Forget Matt. Come on, man. Come <laughs> yeah. On. Yeah. Who the hell needs Matt Stowe when you right. have the right. Corey Miller? <laughs> Shut up. Uh, exactly. But yeah, so you are our first, cause we want this podcast to branch into the music industry in general. We want to talk to everybody from, all walks of life that like put together the music behind the scenes, that tour with the artists and all that. So you are a Matt Sales tour manager, obviously. But yeah. how did you how did you get your foot into the door? And did you like growing up, was it always the music industry? I want to be a part of it, or did you want to do something else? Man, it's funny. Um yeah, dude, from like ever since I could remember. I uh, I was fascinated with music, of course, but I'm like, oh, maybe everybody else is, whatever. And um, that's really all I had growing up, man. I'm, I'm from a small town, and um, I felt like I was different from everybody else. Like, I listened to a lot more music than everybody else. I wasn't an athlete. Um, small town America, you got to be an athlete to kind of make it in those inner circles. And uh, that wasn't me, man. I used to ride around on my skateboard and listen to uh, the good old Walkman. Uh, anti-skip 3000 what's up sony um and yeah so i was just always fascinated with music and as soon as i started diving in the good old myspace world and all of that i would look up people that were in the music industry and i'm like oh damn so you can make money like being in the music industry like that's crazy and this was like age 13 and i'll never forget that was um about age 13 that's what i'm like yeah whatever it takes i want to do the music industry thing i don't know what that means i don't know what that entails but i'm not talented i can't sing i can't play guitar but i want to be around this for the rest of my life and so um that's kind of where it started man and uh like i said i, I didn't know where to go about that i kind of kept um kind of kept uh just doing a lot more research over the next few years and then you know as soon as graduation happened i uh uh from high school i Tried about two weeks of college and I'm like, nope, this is not it. And uh, dropped out of there. And I remember as soon as I'm thinking about dropping out of school, I was like, damn, dude, how in the hell do I literally, like, how do I get into the music industry? This is, I have no clue. Like, I, I had, there was no, um, you would, you would look online and you would find um, college for, you know, music business and whatever, but I couldn't even wrap my mind around how to get into that or, have money to get into that. And I just felt so far behind on um, doing research and trying to make my life towards uh, like a road to get to, um, by the time, by the way, I wanted to move to LA to get into the music industry for the longest mm -hmm. time, which made no sense because I absolutely loved country music, but I thought everybody operated out of LA. I didn't know there was a Nashville, Tennessee dude. Okay. And um, either way, Years pass. Um, always had music in the back of my mind. Uh, moved to Denver, uh, Colorado, and um, started uh, doing research on how to get to Nashville. And um, took a uh, took a trip out here one time, and 
that was in August. And by September, I moved out here. Damn. Okay. Um, oh, that's, that's cool. Dude, that, yeah. by the way, that, that story is all over the damn board. I apologize. Oh, no. It's, I mean, whose story isn't like everywhere? You know, it's very rare where it's like, oh, I graduated college and I met the right person. And, and I got now the I'm a job. And I got yeah, the job I always dreamed of in one second. Well, and, like, and like as someone that is currently in school and hates every single part of it, um, and like would absolutely drop out at any given moment and like chance, um, but can't whatever. whatever. <laughs> if school's for you, great. Yeah, but if, for sure. It's not for everybody, but right. like your your story is, um, I guess, influential for those that think they need a degree. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, in order, in order to like get into this this kind of position, when in reality you can just, if you work hard enough and you, you network and show people that you're legitimately interested in, like this is what you want to do, like that that there is a path for you. For sure, man. I remember when I, like I said, when I first started looking into it, like there was nothing. Like I had no idea. I couldn't grasp on how people got into the music industry. It seemed like so foreign to me. Um, and I knew after visiting Nashville, I knew that if I could just get myself and my ass to Nashville, that I would meet somebody, hopefully, that would try to help me out and um, extend a hand. I, I, Nashville's super friendly, and I realized that within the first five minutes of landing here. And so, um, like I said, I never really met anybody out here or anything like that. I just kind of uh, took a leap of faith and um worked a 40 hour a week job and made ends meet for a couple years and would walk around the neighborhood with a beer and hope to talk to random people and next thing you know i found out about all of these little side gigs and um in the industry like radio promotions or you know if you work for a record label um maybe you're in their marketing department or um a and r and it was just like an overwhelming. I I kind of kept my mouth shut. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just wanted to keep learning about these positions. And um, everybody kept saying they're like, and the hardest thing you could possibly do is work directly for an artist. Like that's just impossible. You can't work directly for an artist. And so I didn't even think it was a possibility doing what I'm doing now, um, because that's just like the name of the game. It's you know, there's only so many artists that you can work for that actually make an income to support somebody like myself um on their team and uh yeah I, I just didn't think it was possible and uh i guess one thing kind of led to another and we can keep digging into that but yeah man it's funny we um every time we're out on the road we'll have like people walk up to me and it's like man how do you do how do you get into what you're doing like how do i do it what, what do i need to do and Every time somebody hits me up, I'm like, man, I don't even know where to start, dude. Uh, move to Nashville. That's a good. Uh, that's a good. Yeah. Uh, and that's and that, that that's sincere, by the way, man. It's like if if you want to get into the music industry, you definitely the, your first step is to get into Nashville to kind of pay your time and to figure out what you're about to get yourself into. Man, so I'm guessing you're happy with your decision. Very, dude. Very. Um, I probably sound like a cocky asshole when I talk about what i do but i yeah. i'm on i'm on cloud nine 24 7 man i it's 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 funny i i do work a lot and it's uh it just doesn't feel like work I, I love what i do man i really do i feel like the luckiest dude in the world i was gonna say that's like i mean that's the goal for everybody is wake up every day and you you're not 
frustrated to go do go you know go to your job you know you love what you do so it doesn't feel like work and you are living that when did when did mr matt stell come into the picture for you so matt stell came in about three years ago now um i started i guess we'll take things back a notch again um i picked up a camera um started doing content uh and around that time I met two guys that just randomly picked up a camera too and started doing content. And uh, next thing you know, we became best friends and we started a content company. Uh, an artist uh, that I had connections with, Mr. Craig Campbell, uh, saw some of my content, asked me to go out on the road with him and shoot content for him. And I did that for a year for free. So I would work my 40 hour a week job, which was leasing apartments. And sometimes I had to call out on like a Friday if the bus was leaving Friday. And I would shoot all weekend while they were out on the road and come back and work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and sometimes call out Friday if they were at a Friday gig or whatever. Um and yeah, that didn't it 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 was funny because I I say work for a year for free, but I loved it, dude. I'm like, hell yeah, I'll go on the bus and you know, shoot around and I got, I actually got pretty damn good with the camera and that made me get better and more focused. And that was like the first time that I tasted, I'm like, Oh shit. Like, I, th I think I have a shot at this. Like, Holy cow. Like I'm on a tour bus and walking into a venue with a camera and they're letting me up on stage and they're saying my name on stage. I'm like, Holy shit, this is crazy. And, uh, yeah, I, I started getting really good with the camera and, um, the two guys that I met, uh, Robbie and Lucas, they um they started getting super great with the camera too so we started a company and uh that company started getting picked up and going on tour with um random artists around around the city and uh next thing you know we're all out on the road and craig asked me he said hey man i'm looking for a tour manager would you like to tour manage and i remember at the time i'm like no, like I don't. What do you What do you mean, tour manager? What's that? In, right. I, I'm not going to control your life out on the road. Like I don't even know what I'm doing, man. And thankfully, at the time, Craig didn't have he didn't have too many shows. We um, it was just um here and there, or maybe once once every other week or so. And so, um, I agreed to be his tour manager, and it really helped me kind of like lean into it. Um. His, uh, his, old, his old tour manager would help me out with stuff. And I was only doing that for about six weeks. Oh, sorry, not six weeks, about six months. And uh, next thing you know, good old uh, Matt Stell's looking for a TM. And so hopping on over there. So, so I like got the time, was he just going around um, like Nashville bars or whatever and performing? And then, like, I'm so confused, I guess, as to when a. I mean, this is going to sound stupid, but when an artist needs a tour manager, obviously, I'm guessing before a tour, like, do you help him build a tour or I know I just asked like four different questions. Dude, no, thank you so much for asking the questions, because like I said, I fucking suck <laughs> at telling this stuff. Good God. So roundabout way, um, Craig didn't, I, I quit my 40 hour a week job. Craig didn't have enough shows to um support me on making it every because you get paid by the show he didn't have enough okay. shows that i would 
you know, be able to make ends meet on. So I started looking around. Um, Craig's old guitar player started in with Matt on radio stuff. By this time, Prayed For You was just impacting radio. Oh. And, um, and so Craig's old guitar player was like, hey, man, you should really meet this Matt Stell guy and his team. Um, at the time, Matt has been playlisted, so I, I knew his stuff. I was a big fan. And um, so I met up with his management, and uh, I guess we made a good deal happen there. I just said, hey, listen, I'm not going to be... They had a... They had a sound guy at the time, and um, the sound guy was doing all the tour manager duties. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably not going to work out because Matt's about to launch off and he has all these shows. And so, man, when you need a tour manager, it's when you have back-to-back-to-back dates. What a tour manager does is it gets people from A to B in the most cost-effective way possible and you know makes daily schedules and advances with the venue so they know when you're coming, what you're coming in, and... Um, what your whole setup rig is. Um, when you need a tour manager, it's when you have back to back to back dates and somebody's overwhelmed and needs some help. <laughs> Literally. Okay. Um, what like what would you say is the hardest part of your job? <laughs> Gonna get myself in trouble here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um. No sleep. That's probably the hardest. Okay. Um, you go to bed sometimes at 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m., and wake up at 6 a.m., 7 a.m., and that's just a roundabout cycle. So that, that's, dude, that, that's, that's literally the hardest part is um, no sleep and travel. Travel sucks. Let's, let's admit it. Traveling is oh. not fun. Um, I mean, living out of a suitcase, like talk about. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, that's easy. That, that's easily the hardest part. Um, nothing else is too tough other than that. I mean, you kind of get used to everything else. You, you do get used to travel, but every now and then, you know, you're on a four or five sh- show run and you're like, damn, this is my suitcase smells and my eyes look like I just got beat up at a bar because they're so black and bloodshot. And I think I'll go home now. You know, <laughs> it's like the forest go. Yeah, I think I'll I think I'm I'll go home tired. now, guys. Yeah, a little tired, boys. <laughs> yeah, but that's a uh, that's really it, man. Um, I mean, every now and then you'll walk into a venue that kind of gives you a hard time, and they don't have their shit together, and people are running around like crazy, and they're not ready for you to sound check, and sometimes you got to be a bad guy, and but that's really that, that's probably the hardest part of. Hardest part of the gig, right there. And I feel like, uh, from what I've seen, and like being for being on the road so much, I know this might be like obvious, but there's always a shit ton of alcohol consumed. So yeah. it has to be hard for, I guess, you and like someone that has. I'm not saying Matt doesn't have legitimate responsibilities, but for someone that has like legitimate responsibilities to a make sure their artist is okay and like alive for the next performance and like the next day like you have to make sure that like you're lie alive and presentable as well yeah too. for sure yeah so that's i i just i just feel like in like in being in like the party and like bar concert atmosphere like it's so hard to just i don't know not take a full advantage of it and be like hell yeah like shots on shots but i yeah. guess if you live it live it every day you probably get accustomed to it 
For for sure, man. And you definitely learn your lesson too. Like, <laughs> don't, don't don't get me wrong. I'm I'm not innocent. I've 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 been there, done it, and um, you learn your lesson pretty damn fast. It's not a it's not a way to live your life hungover and smelling like booze all the damn time. You don't uh you don't get taken serious, and it's uh yeah, it's miserable, especially in a moving bus full of a ton of guys you all wake up hungover and you all look at each other and it's like oh dang we should probably slow down <laughs> yeah and also we have, we have a concert in six hours yeah yeah good luck yeah <laughs> you're like did someone spell spill tequila or is that just me like, just- <laughs> right right exactly man exactly so i mean don't get me wrong we, we definitely tie one on more times than not but we're much more careful about it and know our schedules and our show is a lot better to you just you you can pick you can kind of take your pick on all right yeah I'll 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 tie one on tonight and that's we got an easy one tomorrow you know, um, but then sometimes you get a little caught off guard but like you said man when you're accustomed to it and it's just so back to back and it's just kind of the life you live it's um, you're pretty good at saying no to shots and free drinks pretty quick. Yeah, well, it's probably also easier when you're like you know, like, oh, we got to go to a concert the next day. Like if the distance between that is closer, you know, the travel's not as, you know, as much as rough, you know, like you're not like, all right, we got to go here, jump on a plane, like things like that. It's, it's definitely probably easier to tie one on those nights. For sure. For sure. It's, um, it's funny, actually like the long travel days. Like if I know that the bus is going to leave at midnight and not pull up to a venue at, until like nine or ten a.m., but that's a that's a good. I'll, I'll look at the boys and be like, "Hey, you guys want to? You guys want some tequila or <laughs> you know? Because you can you can sleep in and you know kind of um, drink water the rest of the morning." But yeah, alcohol's uh, alcohol's definitely one of those things that comes with the job. And um, when you're first in the industry, you uh, make a lot of mistakes that you don't ever make again. <laughs> so we know from. Uh, previous uh, with when we were with Matt, uh, he likes tequila and bushlight in a bottle. Correct. In a bottle, yes, yeah. I mean, he'll he'll drink bushlight in any kind of form it comes. He'll drink it out of a damn I mean, wine glass for crying out loud. <laughs> but um, yeah, he's uh, he, he's it's funny. I, I was never a bushlight guy until I got on the good old Stell crew, and now well, and that, uh, that kind of consume. That kind of moves to what I was getting to was that are you like, what's your go to beer and like a hard liquor? Uh, Coors Light for beer and Jack Jack Daniels for liquor. I love Jack and Cokes. So you're a whiskey guy. Yeah. But um, the other guys like Maker's Mark. I'm the only one that likes Jack. So Jack's never on the bus. So now it's uh, (laughs) Maker's Mark. (laughs) It's Maker's Mark and Coke and um, Bushlight. Yeah. Well, I never turned down either. Uh, You don't turn down alcohol in general. That's not true. (laughs) There's got to be. Oh, like rum. I don't really drink rum. That's the only one. Oh, oh yeah, rum. Like, rum. well, especially like I'll drink like like a rum and coke, but it's got to be spiced, like Captain for or, sure, like something like that. Yeah, like Apple. Bacardi, I just I'm like, oh no, Bacardi, no. dude, it gives me the worst. Don't hang, say that hangover. Word. Just <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it is. Like rum and cokes are my to go drinks at the lake house. To like, go, you, you take them to go like in the car and stuff. No, 
you might go to. <laughs> yeah, go to that thing. <laughs> there you go. Um, but it's like only at the lake house. Other than that, yeah, I don't drink rum. Yeah, rum, yeah. rum when you're around a body of water is pretty damn good. Let's not deny that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, if if you could delegate any part of your job to make your life easier, what part of that would be? So like you'd hand it off to someone to make it, or give them, I guess, like handle this. Sleep and eating. <laughs> Oh, do you forget to eat or is it? Just yeah, dude, I'm, I'm like I said, if someone could just eat for me and sleep for me, I think I'd be pretty damn good at my job. I'm just average right now. Please don't don't get that twisted. I'm not I'm I'm average, maybe a little bit above average at times. But what you, if if somebody could sleep and eat for me, I think I'd be a very good tour manager. What do you average on sleep on tour? Gosh, it depends, man. Um, probably like five, five hours, four hours. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right around it's there. Not, I mean, it's cl- so, clearly not great, but yeah. But I mean, it's doable. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's seeing that it's not bad. Like if you have you know two shows a weekend, not bad at all. But if you're doing a three, four shows a weekend, it's it's um. It, it, I, I become a pretty big jackass at the end of the run there. I'm like, let me sleep. <laughs> you're like show three and four. You're like, don't get in my way. Yeah. Right. But uh, so like when you're not on tour, what is what like how much are you averaging? Like, are you just catching up? You're like 12 hours a day, sort of deal. Dude, I yeah, I try to sleep pretty damn good during the weekdays. Um, so as a tour manager, you're still pretty much working during the week. Yeah. So you advance your shows during the week. And, you know, answer emails, return phone calls, call on venues. Um, and like I said, with my two best friends, Robbie and Lucas, we own a production company. So I actually do a lot of content shooting during the week. So okay. I'll shoot, I'll shoot content. Um, probably have a shoot a week, maybe two. Um, so, dude, it's funny. I'm always doing something like I'm always. I'm I'm just really bad at sleep. I, I can I can complain about it all I want, but I still get anxiety in the morning. I'm like, shit, I need to I need to do something. Or at night I start getting creative and I'm like, oh yeah, I can go to bed at 3 a.m. I'll I'll work yeah. on this until about 3 a.m. or so. Um but yeah, d- during the week I should definitely take uh some more time to myself and sleep. Dude, I've isn't been... that the craziest thing? Like you could be dog tired and by the time you like you're like, oh, I'm on a roll, I'm like just like you know, getting creative. And yes. you're like, all right, well, sleep to get put on the back burner almost. Exactly, dude. Exactly. I'm such a night out, man. Like, I literally, I don't, I don't feel inspired, focused, or <laughs> really anything creative until probably about 8 p.m., 9 p.m. at night. And I'm like, aha, I got it. And then well, I'll sit at my like desk. I'll sit at my desk and edit. And yeah. I feel like that's when everyone starts, like, you know, start winding down. Like, everyone in the world is like, just kind of like, okay, you know, it's like coming to the end of the day. And like, that's like when it's like, okay, everything, no one's asking anything of me right now. So I'm just like, that's my me time. Sure. Like to sure. like sit down and like focus on shit is like when it yeah. starts to get later. Yeah. And b- maybe that's it too. That's a great point, man. It's like, I feel like I'm a tour manager from the hours of like 10 AM until maybe four or 5 PM. And then I do content until, uh, I force my ass to go to bed yeah uh you're you're being humble too your production company is midtown motion at midtown motion uh on instagram 
And the shit you have on here is very sick. Um, and what it says one of three in your bio, which I'm guessing the other two are obviously your best friends. Yeah. Um, another thing in your bio, are you a big McDonald's guy? <laughs> I have I have a bag run around here somewhere. I literally just got done eating it. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I am a big McDonald's guy. Yeah, I love McDonald's. I I agree with you. I thank you, dude. Thank McDonald's. you. Thank you, and man. McDonald's I was so scared what was gonna about to come out of your mouth. No, like in- if if I had to like of the very popular food chains that are throughout or fast food restaurants that are throughout the US. So I'm excluding the like the Shake Shack here in Chicago. I'm excluding In and Out and like all the California things or whatever. Like McDonald's is absolutely my go-to, but what is your go-to order? Uh, two McDoubles, cheese and ketchup only, a large fry, and a large sweet tea. Do you think McDonald's has the best fries in the like in the in the game? Hands down. And if anybody disagrees, I don't want to hear about it, especially on this podcast. You're gonna about <laughs> to make me turn into a psycho. <laughs> um, McDonald, hey, McDonald's fries, like clown McDonald's all you want, but straight up, they've got the best fries too. Yeah, they're, their fries so are Sprite. There's something mm. about both oh, of those items. Dude, the spicy like Sprite, fr- Sprite and yeah, for sure. Like if I'm gonna go to the gas station and grab like a bottle of Coke, I grab a bottle of Coke, you know, or like I grab, yeah, you know, like if I'm going for pop, I'll grab Coke. But if it's, uh, if I'm going to McDonald's, it's got to be a Sprite. Dude, April Fools. Sprite put out that they're coming out with spicy Sprite sponsored by McDonald's. You guys remember that? No, that. No. <laughs> no, the internet lost its damn mind. <laughs> I bet. Were like, you excited? I, I I don't really care. I don't I don't. I'm not a big Sprite guy unless it has vodka in it. But I um yeah, it didn't it didn't really matter to me, dude. If if they did that with Coca Cola, yeah, my my ass would be in the waiting line. But not not a big Sprite guy. Gotcha. Um, my, I've, uh, I've eaten a Big Mac in two bites, uh, just to see if I could do it. And I can, I think I still can. We'll see. Um, but I think my go-to order is, uh, two McDoubles, 20 nuggets <laughs> and a Sprite, and a Sprite with the, but I need the, I need the ranch and the spicy sauce. Dude, listen, boys, next time I'm in Chicago, I'm hitting y'all up and we're going to McDonald's. And then we'll have a night out. Done. And we will gift you the biggest bottle of Jack Daniels that we can find at a liquor store since your selfish team will not provide you one on your bus. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Hey, we, we have your back. It's, that's, what we, that's what we try and do here. It's crazy because I normally end the night at McDonald's. I don't start it there, but I'm willing to try it. Dude, your life is about to change, man. I'm telling you, <laughs> all, those, all those calories... Um, yeah, man, you're about to have the best night of your life. It, McDonald's will fuel your night and you will be so damn thankful. That's perfect. <laughs> That's what I've been looking for. That's what I've been missing. I, it's, <laughs> I, I mean, I would, I still order McDonald's like probably weekly. Um, speaking of the, uh, you said you're not a big Sprite guy unless there's vodka. Did you see also speaking of fast food, Arby's released like around Christmas, they released a, uh, curly fry flavored vodka. What? Are you serious? Yeah, and it was like limited edition, and they released it like, and within forty eight hours, it, it was sold out. They're like, we don't have any more. Was was that? Are you serious? Like disgusting, or are you excited and like want to try it? 
I'm, I'm curious. I don't, okay. I, I just don't think I could do it though. I don't think I could do it. I think I would want to try it. Oh. I don't think I would. I was really hoping that you were about to say that you got your hands on some and you tried it. <laughs> no, I didn't. I was like wondering if like you did or, you know, if, like if you know anyone that did, because I was like looking for it. I wanted to get it like. Just because like, I get down vodka. with McDonald's and McDevils doesn't mean I'm going to be jacking around with curly fried vodka. Okay. That's. I didn't know. That's. Uh, I'm just asking. That's pretty. Uh, God, that sounds gross. It does, it doesn't sounds- it? But I like part of me, like that's like the fucked up part of me that's like i want i want to try i definitely want to try it. like <laughs> all the ones that are like disgusting you're like but it might be good um when was when, when was the last time we chatted when did, when did we when did we play on joe's that would have been um let me look like, at my email it would have been like late no because i feel like you guys were just getting this kind of up and going and i wanted to congratulate you guys you guys have absolutely done so damn well getting people on and everything looks fantastic you guys have crushed it you are too nice i think i think it was like right before christmas because i'm pretty sure i was like typing the email that we fucked up like around christmas eve i'm gonna ruin the the dude's christmas yeah it was it was like because you were one of our last of the like before everyone you know kind of took tour breaks for the holidays Mm -hmm. uh it was like one of the last concerts of like the concert season yeah, but right. thank you. We we are trying to get our shit together. Um, we we think we've done well. Tyler, will you show him like the full studio picture? Um, would love to have you in studio one day when we can just devour McDonald's in here. Dude, we got Michael Jackson right there, baby. Let's go. Thank you, thank you. Um, but oh yeah, okay. So I want to get back to um like the content that you've produced and I guess the overall creativity. Yeah. Um, in the music industry as one now I'm, I'm going to sound insane, but like as one that's, I guess now officially been around the industry and like seen a lot of things. Um, I see multiple artists come into the venues and, you know, have different, um, merch displays, have different band setups and all, all of that, I guess. Is there an area area of the industry that you think lacks creativity? and like needs more creation and like thought behind the process of just overall branding and maybe like just improvement for the overall venues and the experience for the fans. Man, I, I just want to say in general, Nashville alone is so damn far behind on creative content. Um, Signed artists. It's, it's just, it's so like, if you look at people in LA, um, and like a lot of pop acts, top 40 acts, um, they're cutting edge as hell and they're always trying something different. And I feel like if you watch a, say like a post Malone music video and a Drake music video, um, they're just, it's, it's so, it's so different from each other and creatively thought out and their rollouts of singles and albums are so damn well done and are branded so, um, effectively and, you look at kind of country music and it's kind of just, in, in my opinion, it's just kind of boring. It's like, Oh yeah, that's a, that's another country single. Like there's three posts about it and they're all three of the same posts. And it looks like it was done in 2014, you know? <laughs> um, so, it, Hey, don't get me wrong, man. I, I drink the music row Kool-Aid. I absolutely love Nashville country and pop country and everything on country radio. Um, I love it, man. I really do. I'm very passionate about it. But that's one thing that I'm like, damn it. Like, 
can't somebody just break through here and just be creative and come out with something a little risky and a little off center? Um, so I think it just the, the industry in whole, man. Are you I, following that? No, I am. Um, cause I agree with you. Um, cause okay. like we'll, we'll have great artists come in and I'm, I'm a big, like there has to be a method behind the madness. Like sure. there has to be like a reasoning as to why everything is the way it is. If sure. that makes sense. And like, I'll see legitimate artists and like, look at their merch and just be like, like that. I'm not talking about the merch specifically, but like the, the design and staging of the merch within the, um, within the venue. Sure. Yeah. So for example, um, one of the best I've seen without a doubt is Drake White's Drake White's yeah, team cool. had like, they had a, they had a drum, a hollowed out, um, kick drum and they like hung uh little merch things with within it it had they had it lit up they had like stick that's where they had their stickers and it was incredible and then another thing that i want to throw at you that they did because i want because we are huge fans of you and matt stell and i want you guys to be the best obviously that you can be um uh, hold so on let me get my notepad really fast let me <laughs> i know that just just something Kevin. to think about and i just thought it was brilliant and then i don't know if they did this on purpose but at a drake white concert they let they lit incense throughout the entire venue and i don't really know cool. if i don't think joe smelled bad that day or as to why but what it did for me from a fan perspective is the second that you walk into the venue you know it's different and like that catches your mind and it's like oh like i am at a concert but it's like it it just hits you mentally different and it's a it's a different experience because right away you smell the incense and you're like oh okay like now i'm connecting that with the drake white concert you know what for I mean? sure yeah 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 for sure dude that's um we light my um my guitar player michael blakemore and um my bassist and band leader uh, matt morgison they have uh incense on their amps and they light it before the set um we started doing that after we were on tour with jake owen and jake owen has probably i'm not shitting you probably has 200 incense like wrapped around each other like huge bundle of incense and they're light they're lit by a torch and a big ass fan blowing it out to um the stage wow and so jake owen kind of like was like oh that's vibey that's pretty cool but no, we don't we don't do the whole incense around the venue. That's actually really cool, and that's an awesome um, notice that you have there. That's really sick. Well, it's just like, and then like when I like when I try and connect it to Matt, and I'm like, okay, like what do I think of when I when I hear Matt or like just thinking, yeah, about him as an overall artist. Uh, Jackson has the King of uh, Hearts on it. Or the hat with King of Hearts. Yeah. Yeah. So a, I was a, I was curious how you guys came to that design or like what it, I guess it means. But then b, I was like, oh, for a venue, it's like, what if, like, they had just a deck of cards and it was only the King of uh, Hearts in it, and like you just throw it out before the crowd even comes in. So when they walk in, it's just like Matt still playing deck cards everywhere. I don't know. It makes like like the Matt still magic magic show. And then next, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, just David, have a, have David a, Blaine, David Blaine appears side stage. 
just in the middle of pray for you, have a magician come out on stage, lay Matt down, cut him in half, and then put him back together, and then, he, when he, then he finishes it, the song. When he cuts him in half, a bunch of like playing cards with just this on it shoot out of the like when he Hell, pulls the box apart. Yes. Are we at a Matt Stell show or is that David Blaine playing prayed for you? Like what the hell? The only thing is Matt Stell is probably the tallest person we've oh ever my talked God. to. Yeah, yeah, for so sure. Like, <laughs> they would have to probably make a custom box. The like so of- yeah, the big old big old casket. That, that boy's gonna take up a lot of earth when they put him down. <laughs> yeah, that's are you um I know I uh talking to you, you guys are gonna hit the road soon. Um yeah. So as a tour manager, yes, sir. When, like, when is your off time? Like, do you have an off season or like an? A, I know, like Christmas break, probably you have like a week or two. Um, but because I know in the winter it's like indoor venues, indoor venues, indoor venues, sure. and then obviously summertime comes around. It's like all right, festivals, festivals, festivals. So is there at all like with a break for you? And which season of music almost do you prefer more? Um. Yeah, so to give you an idea of last year, we were literally on tour starting January and ended the last week of Christmas. So there wasn't any like off time. Um, We got a break January, February, and a little bit of March um, for Matt to finish up his record. And um, so that was like, that's really it. Maybe uh, January, February, usually pretty slow months in the music industry. But other than that, it's pretty wide open. December a little bit. But you'd be surprised with all the shows that happen in December, especially like little acoustic radio acts. And um, we're such a uh, we're we're just at a we're at a point right now where we can play indoor venues and we don't have to worry about renting out amphitheater or um, big old theaters and all that. We can we can play in a fifteen hundred cap venue no problem. And so we're uh, we stay on the road pretty much all year round. Man, what up? Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's yeah. uh, yeah, man. There, there's really it, it's just funny because I actually get asked that quite a bit. It's like when do you, especially for my family in Colorado, I'm like when the hell are you coming home? And I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't know. Hopefully soon, I'll, I'll see you during the week. Maybe I'll take in. I, I do. I, I try to fly out there during the week, um, yeah. or if I have a weekend off. But uh, other than that, we're we're pretty wide open. Well, uh, like, where are you guys going this year? Are you, is Matt, I'm guessing Matt is partaking in some festivals and where are they? Because I'm going to follow up with a thing we are doing this summer and we hope to meet you on the road. For sure, dude. Um, man, something that we're really excited about is uh, CMA Fest is back this year. Oh, okay. Um, have you guys ever been to CMA Fest? No, I really want to go, but one of us won't be in town. Right. <laughs> oh, I, 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 can, I know who that is. <laughs> um, <laughs> just kidding um man we, yeah cma fest we're super excited to play that we've got a really great slot saturday at uh 2 30 in the afternoon at this um it's called the riverfront stage it's the largest stage um free stage yeah. at, um at a uh, cma fest but basically it's thousands of people on a grass lawn and uh you play on a big old barge boat and uh mm-hmm. it's just back to back to back acts all day long, anywhere from Jimmy Allen to Hardy to Matt Still to um, Travis Denning, like you name it, they all play it. So people just camp out there, drink a lot, get rowdy, and um, it's a damn good time. But we're really looking forward to that one. I feel 
so like yeah so do you do you enjoy the festivals are they more havoc on your part because there no. are so much moving oh really they're a lot easier dude i love the festivals they just um you got to think to have a big old festival like that there's a lot of people and a lot of hands on deck and so they over communicate they're easy to get a hold of you have multiple people if you can't get a hold of somebody you can get a hold of another person um and they just have a big team of people that always takes really good great care of you so those are i love it man you have a catering room set up it's it's super easy it's a it, festival festival days are by far our favorite gotcha that is awesome uh yeah this um we're kind of in the works of it right now um but we're pretty much going to do like windy city joe's on the road and we're planning on hitting multiple festivals uh this summer uh we're, t- oh. we're in ta- we're in talks with tailgate and tall boys right now um Sweet. we're gonna we're gonna be at winnie city smoke out come on um and then there's i mean there's so many festivals this summer it's like we just got to try and pick and like get our names and hopefully they get, they'll allow us to like record and produce content there dude I, I love that idea man like i said it's um i well, we're playing cma fest but dude we have so many festivals this summer um we're doing like the country thunder series Oh yeah, um, just talking about that. Yeah, yeah. Want to be there? Um, we've got. Uh, did you say tailgates and tall boys? I'm not sure if we're playing that one. Is that in California? We've got some tailgate festival in California. That's huge. Uh, no, it's it's in uh, it's in Illinois. It's not far. And okay. um, I I'm, I can't like I know what you're talking about the one in California. I just can't think of the name of it. Dude, check out. Uh, yeah, ch- check out the schedule, or I'll shoot it over to you, and let's make something happen. That'd be awesome. We're like I said, we're playing a ton of festivals. I just can't. Um, <laughs> good tour manager, right? I just don't know right. on the top of my head. <laughs> right. Um, well, our plan is like we um, we legitimately want to set up like pretty much a parking lot studio. So we bought like four like raggedy, not raggedy, um, like lawn chairs. Four lawn chairs. Like we have handheld mics, and we pretty much want to like record live throughout the entire time and it's like oh today we have like three guests and yeah produce it from god knows where dude that's really sick i love that you definitely should yeah we're we're trying we're trying you know come on boys any, any come on any room for like i guess expansion and just talking to awesome people like yourself then, yeah you know we're trying. we're trying um as my mama always tells me you can do anything you set your mind to Amen to that. <laughs> uh, when um, early on with Matt, when did you, I guess, realize um, that it's like, oh, like, uh, this is going to sound bad, but yeah. it's like, obviously, you believed in him to work with him. Sure. But it's like, okay, like, we really have something going here, and like, it's it's showtime. Yeah, man. Um, it's weird because when you're like, when you're in the scene and you're with a guy so much, you can't. At least me personally, it's been hard for me to radar on where Matt is because you just you you see everything going on. And of course, you're really biased. And so you look him up and you're just like, I don't know, you're like, that, that's that's your boy. So you don't you don't. And and you like for me personally, I had a hard time separating being biased, um, being like, of course, he's a big deal versus right. um, is he really a big deal? And um, as soon as Prayed For You started climbing up the charts, and we were on tour with uh, Chris Young. People started coming so damn early just to see Matt. And they would buy his merch. And, you know, this is only when it was in like the top 30 or so. 
and then top 20 would happen and we're still on tour and people would come just so early and bring signs and would buy tickets up in the front and um eventually it came to the whole venue was as soon as that hit number one um the whole venue was there singing every single damn word and that was uh that's what i'm like <laughs> okay i see what you guys are doing here so it was uh that, that was like a big waking moment um it's like damn good he is a he is a damn rock star i told you guys i told you it was gonna be good <laughs> yeah <laughs> suck on that yeah from like from a from an artist perspective what do you think it is that makes matt so special and unique um man there, there's a few things uh I mean, personally, I just, I don't think there's a better dude in the industry. Personally, I don't, I don't think there's a better guy um, that treats people so damn well. He's, um, he's really well-spoken and he, uh, yeah, he just, he, he has such a good heart for people and his fans and he just, he's, he's caring. Um but like anybody that meets Matt and gets to talk with him for a little bit, they are like, damn, do we just become best friends? And that's, that's who he is. Like, that's, it's not a, I can't say that about every single artist. And I'm sure you guys could probably agree on that. Um, but who he is as a person. And, um, he always lets the best song win, man. He just, he, he, he really pictures himself as, um, you know, as a creative and whatnot, but he wants to make sure that he can keep the wheels on the road as long as he can and let the best song win. And so he um, he really listens to his team well and lets the best song win. And even if he didn't write it or not, um, he's like, yeah, that one's going to keep us on the road for the next, you know, five years. That's going to put some money in the guy's pockets. And so um, he's a really great, um, really great CEO of the company that he's got going on. He like, yeah, when we were talking to him, he just seemed, I mean, obviously like just a great genuine guy, but it, it does feel like he is that team player. Is it, is it hard at all to, cause clearly you guys are friends, but you're also his manager or to, to your manager. Sure. Is it hard at all to balance the two? Not, it, no, it's, it's not, not, not with Matt. Um, cause we can, uh, I mean, the, the sure that there's times that we can have a conversation and next thing you know, we're patting each other's ass. So it's, um, <laughs> it's, uh, he, he, we're pretty good at separating that. Yeah. Be, uh, behind the scenes, who, um, who else has some great tour managers like yourself? Like if you could, if you could sit down with tour managers of this person or this person and like, kind of, I guess maybe pick their brains and try and learn from something learn yeah. something from them like, yeah who would it be um chris young has a tour manager named bill cracknell and he's been in the industry so long he does he's done the production side he's done any kind of part of the music touring music industry you can picture he's done it um but damn he's got some fascinating stories and he is uh he's a tough one dude like he um He's not really warm and cozy, but once you get on his good side, he, uh, God, he's, he's such a nice dude and so damn talented and, um, assertive as hell. He's, he's great. He's fantastic. What do you think the biggest difference is, um, is from an average tour manager to an exceptional tour manager? 
I would not know. Um, <laughs> um, you are great. Stop talking yourself. Man, I, I think uh, I a good a good tour manager will be very selfless. I think that's that that's the thing, man. It's um, as a tour manager, like I said, you're usually the first one up and the last one in bed, and. I'm not going to name any names, but there are guys out there like, damn, dude, like this sucks. Like I just, I like my guitar players in bed before. I was like, well, go, you should have been a guitar player. Then you should go, go play guitar. Um, or damn dude, like my artist is an asshole and he doesn't do anything. He just sits on the bus all day. And I was like, well, you should have been an artist. So you can do that. Like, you know, but, um, someone that's selfless and, um, that will stick up for the team. I think that's the, I think that's the biggest, uh, biggest difference there that's i mean obviously it's going to happen because it's going to happen in any career but it's so interesting hearing about you know tour managers in this in any position in the industry i'm sure where they're in this incredible position and they're in this amazing spot yet they're like you know fuck this sucks this sucks and that sucks it's just i don't know i mean it's it's almost as if they need to like kick back and realize where they are sure man hey be grateful for they are yeah i've um i've been there i mean that's i've 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 been there where i've i've had plenty of bad days out on the road and been like damn it dude like this is this is kicking my ass and um that's been a big goal of mine this year is just to always wake up and smell the roses and um i i think i've i've i feel like i've done this at least long enough where I know that nothing's really going to go that bad. Like I can always, I, I, yeah. I got to trust my gut and always know that there's always going to be a great show and I've got a good team behind me. And that literally like I a hundred percent believe that nothing's going to go wrong. Nothing's going to go bad. Like I can, I can always fix it. And so why worry, you know, um, enjoy it. It's not going to last forever. I'm not going to be, I don't think I'm going to be tour managing when I'm 60 years old. So really just taking it day by day. Well, that that leads me to my next question is you aren't going to be touring or managing tours forever. So do you have any like lifelong career aspirations and things you want down the road? Sure, man. Um, I last year taught me that I probably can't be a tour manager um, while I'm a father or a husband. And, um, that's a, that's a big goal of mine is to be a great dad someday and have little ones. And I don't want to raise them while I'm out on the road. Um, so to still be very involved in an artist career and have a creative say in a career, um, an artist career, I, I, I'd love to, you know, eventually go into management someday and hopefully, um, have an artist of my own blow up and, stay very hands-on with the Matt Stell team and everybody that they've got over there at wide open artists. So we'll, we'll see what, we'll see what ends up happening, but that's, Oh, you know, I feel like that's quite a ways away, but management management's an awesome gig, man. I, I was always really scared of it. And you hear, Oh, an artist manager, like, I don't know, in the industry, everybody goes like, they start shaking in their boots or whatever. Um, but Matt, Matt's got the best team in town, man. Um, I didn't think it would be possible uh, to manage an artist until um, I met his two managers, and um, I really see my 
see a lot of myself in those guys. So that has see. to be com- that has to be comforting at least. And I mean, you're clearly on a good path to it as well. Um, when when it comes to touring, do you believe a stronger skill for a tour manager is adaptability or organization? All of the above. <laughs> Both. <laughs> um, man, it's funny. I, I hear organization and I, I can't stand that word. I hate that word because I do. I remember all through school, you know, my parents like, are like, you're so unorganized. Like everybody's like, you're so unorganized. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't ever organized until I put myself in a career that I love what I do. And that I'm like, Oh, this shit's easy. Like, you know, spreadsheets, like all this, like it just, they clicked in. It's, it's easy for me now. Um, but yeah, you, 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 you better be, you better be organized out on the road <laughs> or you're not going to last too long. And, um, adaptive is a must for sure. Especially when you're dealing with a new group of people every day and a new climate and new city and, um, new venue, all of that. So yeah, you gotta both, 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 both. What what would you say is your biggest like skill that you learned prior to being in this industry that you think uh, like translates well and is very important to uh, like what you're the work you're doing now? Yeah. Um, dude, when I dropped out of college, I started selling cars right away. I said 18 year old. Um, and the the people skills I learned from asking them to buy a 1993 used Hyundai um, car that had 110 miles on it <laughs> or 110,000 miles on it. Sorry. Um, that, that'll, that, that'll teach you some damn people skills. And so um, that's it, man. Like as a, as a face to, as a face to um, Matt's touring LLC, um, you just got to be good with people. You have to, You've got to listen to people. You got to sometimes you got to slow people down. Sometimes you got to light a fire under someone's ass. Um, and so, as long as you can learn how to um, learn how to communicate properly with people, I feel like um, that, that's helped me out a lot. Shit. Yeah. Is is there like a branch or just part of the industry that you think simply doesn't give enough credit for what they do and maybe what they produce? God, I feel like I don't know if you guys agree with me, but like the music industry in general is like there's so many behind the scenes. Like everybody just listens to the artist and goes to the shows, yeah. and you know what I mean. Um, I can I, I can speak and uh, I'll turn this into um, life on the road behind the scenes, but like the production manager and the stage manager and all the crew setting up um, down to security. Um, you just don't think about that stuff. Next thing you know, there's just a show that pops up and happens and um, it's insane, man. It's uh, that's, there wouldn't be anything going on at all if it wasn't for the guys that wake up and bust their ass every morning and, um, or leave their kids at, you know, 5 p.m. at night, uh, just to work security at a venue until 3 a.m. You know, it's it goes pretty unnoticed, but we're not going to have a show without those guys. It is, it is very cool to see firsthand that, yeah, that like, of course, the artist is here, but it's like that individual had to be here to make this show happen. 
that sure. individual had to be here to make that show happen. You know, and there is so just so many moving parts and it is really cool to see. Yeah, man. And I mean, you can even go like for not touring specific, but even the industry in general, A&R, PR, like, like people that are writing the articles to get your artist on a people magazine and um, people that are pitching the artist songs or people that are, you know, receiving the songs in the office and saying, Hey Matt, do you want to cut this song? Um, there's just so many moving parts that you would never know about. Excuse me. Um, that are really valuable. I believe it. I believe it. Yeah. Corey has been awesome talking to you. Do you have any questions for us? I don't think I do boys. Well, hold on. I, I, I do. I do. Um, your riot shirt. <laughs> yes. What is that? Is that a uh, Paramore so, shirt? So no, I'm a huge, oh. it's always sunny in Philadelphia fan. Nice. And, nice. And this is Mac. Mac had it in the show and I just thought it was so random and hilarious. So I was like, all right, I'll get it. <laughs> That's hilarious. Dude. I, um, I used to listen to pair. Do you guys know Paramore? Emo? Yeah. 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 They used to sell shirts that say riot and it looked just like that. And I'm like, dude, are you wearing a Paramore shirt and a Matt Stell hat at the same time? Because I like that. <laughs> solid move. I mean, maybe maybe that's where Mac got it from. It's always sunny. And maybe that's where they got it from. So in a way, I think I am. I love it. I love it. No, I appreciate you guys having me on, man. Um, what When I first got started, I would try to look up podcasts like this. And um, I was hoping that it would, you know, I'd find somebody um, in my shoes that I am in now. Um, so uh, there's, there's not enough people out there that are interviewing people behind the scenes. And I know there's a lot of people that hopefully will appreciate this one. No, without a doubt. And it's like, we just touched on, like, there's so many people that make Matt get on stage, you know, there's sure. so much behind a large the scenes. Team. We, and there's also people like you, for instance, it's like, how the hell do I get into the industry? And then right here, your story. And it's like, oh, okay, there is, you know, there's a route that I wasn't expecting that maybe I can take. So it's like, we just want to inform and bring out as much information as possible, whether it's the artist, tour manager, stage manager, songwriter only. Sure. You know, there's, there's so many different areas. For sure, man. And if you're listening to this podcast and you do want to get into the industry, move your ass to Nashville and make friends. It's pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty, uh, pretty straightforward. Perfect. Uh, Corey, thank you so much for your time. We cannot wait to whether see you on the road or back at Chicago with a shit ton of McDonald's and a leader objective. McDonald's on me, boys. Let's go. Thank you guys so much. You're the man. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for coming on, man.